This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another week. It is the Monday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well after a beautiful, I mean, beautiful weekend. What a great weekend it was to be outside. Just gorgeous weather, temperatures. I mean, it felt like fall. We had temperatures over the weekend, Friday and Saturday nights. Like it, Where was it? Saturday and Sunday nights. Saturday and Sunday nights. Lows in the 40s. Unbelievable. It yep. was great. It was. Uh, it. <laughs> a little bit warmer today, but doesn't look like we're, I mean, I don't see any extended forecast that shows real heat coming back in. So, yeah, uh, enjoy it, folks. Enjoy it. Welcome in to the Monday Drive. It is a shortened edition of the Drive today because here on ESPN 106.7, we will be carrying Game 2 a very, very important game to high stakes playoff baseball. The tonight. National League Division Series between the Phils and the Braves from Truist in Atlanta. And this this is about as close to a must win. I mean, it's not an elimination game, but boy, it's darn close. If the Braves fall to the Phillies tonight, then the Braves are one game away oh, from elimination. I, I think that, you know, both, I mean, there's the chance that you can go 3-0 uh, if, if, you, if you fall down on a 2-0 hole. It's happened before in, in this yeah. series in baseball. But, no, the, the, the odds would swing tremendously towards. Yeah, you'd have to win. You'd have to go on the road and win a couple of games, too. You'd have to win three straight, two of them in right. the opponent's uh, stadium for, for, both, uh, for both Atlanta and Los Angeles, who, who got thumped in the game Saturday night against Arizona. Yeah, the, and, the and teams with the two best records in the National League, and most people most people felt those were the two best teams in baseball. If you go back and look, the last couple of years, the Yan- I've told this story like a million times during playoff season, but but when the uh, when the Yankees were managed by Joe Torre, the last couple of years he was there, they had, they usually had one of, if not the most talented team going into the postseason, and they struggled to get out of the best of five in Joe Torre's last couple of seasons before they replaced him with Joe Girardi. And Joe Torre used to say, and they used to make fun of him, uh, and like New York Sports Talk Radio, he used to say, you know, when you get two playoff caliber Major League Baseball teams together and have them play a best of five, it's a, it's a coin flip. It is, a, it is so close. The margin between, even if you're talking about a team that won 16 more games than another team in the regular season, when you get two playoff caliber teams to play a best of five together. So what, what should you do? Play a best of no, nine no, in the World I'm, Series? No, I'm play just, a best I'm, of seven I, in I the would, I would acknowledge, acknowledge that this is a format that could lead to crazy results where, yeah, teams that are, I mean, we had, what was it, 20 years ago when the Cardinals were a 500 team and and won the, the, the postseason completely. So, I, no, I, I would think acknowledge that the this is a – this is a format, especially in this round. I'd say the previous round and this round, you can get upsets because in a best of five, you run into a hot pitcher or you have a bad outing from a pitcher you're counting on, and it can it, it can swing a series in, in a huge way. So 
yeah, I think it's – I mean, we saw it last year when, when both National League teams were uh, – with the best records were bounced in this round, Atlanta and Los Angeles. May happen the same way might, again. Might, well, might happen again. It's a concern when your ace – uh, for both the teams, for the Braves and the Dodgers, goes out and loses. Now, Spencer Strider pitched well. The Braves just couldn't get anything going offensively. Clayton Kershaw, on the other hand, and I was, <clears throat> I sure wasn't expecting anything like this. I've, I've watched Clayton Kershaw closely through the years and know that he's struggled a lot in the postseason. He's now 13-13 and 13 with an ER right, uh, ERA right at 4.5 for yeah. his career in postseason. The one thing I would point out about his postseason, Mark, is – Often, earlier in his career, he was called upon on short rest in the postseason. Right. And those are outings where he was especially, like, he used to get tagged on three days rest. He's had some really quality outings on full rest some, in the postseason. But, but it's not been anything like. Not like, not like his regular two, season. He's full two runs above his career Isn't ERA that something, in the postseason. It's a little bit before my time, but I know I've heard this. Isn't that something people used to say about Maddox as a knock was that he was a, his stats were much better in the regular season than his postseason Well, stats. everybody's stats should be better in the regular season because you're not playing the best other teams. But, I watched every in, pitch in the of season. all those Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, playoffs, World Series, and almost every loss was because they just could not score a run. That's what they happens. Had some base running blunder or something Lonnie just Smith. crazy would happen. <laughs> Some big fat boy from Minnesota would cheat and push a guy off base and then tag him out. I mean, it's just all stuff. Not like that, that you're that still bitter happen. about the nineteen. <laughs> no, no, he's completely over that. Or some Jack, whatever. Morris. Um, uh, umpire would call oh. a would call a pitch <laughs> a f- two feet outside a strike uh, against the Marlins. And they uh, and of course yeah. nobody there, there was never a pitch called a strike for any of the Braves no. pitchers that was outside the strike zone. No. Yeah, that's Not Brian Matthews, that. folks. That is Brian Matthews, MarvinSports.com. Pre- preparing Bill, himself for later today. Yeah, Bill Prepared. and Dad <laughs> with Drew at the controls. Yeah, so we just have this hour here on this Monday to uh to to catch you up and to get your calls. We'd love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts on anything that happened over the weekend. Uh, you want to get some early thoughts in Auburn and LSU? You know, can, how can Auburn slow down the that offensive, just explosive machine that is LSU? Auburn's going to have to score some points because you're not going, you're not going to shut them out. You're not going to shut them down. You just yep. have, you have to hope that you can keep them from scoring touchdowns as often as right. they seem to do it. That said, you can't get in the shootout either. No, right? no, 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 got... no, no. I don't think so. No, I don't think Auburn's offense, the way it's, it's not built first, for that, can't keep up. So they do have to find a way to possess the ball. Um, Extend some possessions, yes. And, and find ways to just get off the field enough to, mm-hmm. you know, not get, you know, 50 or whatever dropped on them. You know, I mean, and you look at it. Auburn has won once there in a quarter century. Right. It's at night, which makes it even tougher. Yep. And their offense is really, really good, even if their quarterback's got some bruised ribs or, or whatever he's got. Golly, he played ba- I mean, he played great after that. He came back and threw mm-hmm. a perfect strike for a touch. Well, he ran 40 yards for a touchdown. Yep. Then he made a perfect strike. Yeah. And Malik Neighbors, that was, you know, Auburn, Auburn fans were wondering, how does Brock Bowers do that? You think Missouri fans are wondering, how's Malik Neighbors 10 yards open? Yeah. I mean, he is. 
Now they well, have some really, really good receivers, and, and but you can't let you can't let those guys. Jaden Daniels is a guy that if if your team's not playing him or he's on your team, you absolutely love that young man because oh, yeah. he plays his tail off. I mean, he's super talented, but he's tough. He's smart, makes good decisions. You know, he, he he's a kind of guy you would love to have running. You know, leading your team in a sport. And you know, after the after the Cal game, you know, we were sort of wondering like is is um, is Peyton Thorne a skilled improviser because it seems like now more than ever you need to be able to do things. And he got better at it, I think. Well, not, not in A&M, but, but against Georgia, you saw him able to extend plays and, and get the ball out of his hands and do and do some positive things there, even even if it didn't. It was. It seemed like. Oh yeah, a, a no. Step I'm, from, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just thinking of Daniels. He is so good in, in a that. sport that's all. Yeah, that's <laughs> all about sort of the Aaron Rodgers, keep your eye downfield while evading defenders, mm-hmm. and and use you know use every aspect of it. He's as good as just about anybody at that. So now, now I don't know. I'm not good at guessing who's a pro and who's not. But like I, I see it with Jaden Daniels. He's not, then I'm blind. Right? Like I mean, yeah. and people don't. I mean, in you know, in, in a game where yeah, Caleb Williams, I get it, has everything you'd want. He's, I mean, Jaden. What Daniels, is Jaden Daniels? What is Jaden uh, Williams? Yeah, no, you got it. Yeah, Jaden Daniels has. Yeah. I mean, what what does he not have? And, and when I mean, he, he you've seen him throw the ball on target, deep, short. Uh, ev- evade pressure, make plays with his legs. I mean, he does it all. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like that, this is a guy that, uh, um, it, it's he's he's probably the most dangerous quarterback Auburn's seen so far this year. Which I mean, Beck's having a great last Hard couple me to of games. Believe that he won't be the most dangerous quarterback that Auburn sees. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I guess Milrow could pick up steam and start. He could, to make but an I argument. mean, he he's not the intermediate passer that Daniels. No, is. Da- no, Daniels is. Uh, uh, th- this is this is a different kind of uh, different and, kind of weapon and, for the Auburn defense. Yeah, and and a, and that LSU offensive line has has struggled at times, but he makes it uh, he makes it a whole lot tougher because he is so difficult to get to. And he's great on he's he's and, and I don't maybe the stats don't reflect this. It just seems anecdotal, but LSU will face third and ten, third or and twelve forever. It yeah. seems like and and it's uh, no, it's no big deal. Like it's it's if there's a crease, he can run. He, he, you know, what was and it? he just scoots. He, he has such a unique running style. He runs so straight up. What was it Freeze said today where it, it feels like he's it jogging? looks like he's jogging and, and nobody's catching looks him. looks like he's jogging and he's, he's splitting, splitting defenses because he for does. 40, he runs, 50 yards. He runs just sort of straight up, but that helps him keep his eyes, seems like, all, and all battle, about him. Battle-tested, too. I mean, COVID oh, yes, provided an extra year for a lot of these quarterbacks, but, I mean, this is a guy who was, uh, was playing in big games at Arizona State years yeah. ago. And has, has only has you know the games have only gotten bigger. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a tough challenge. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the phone number to get you through. And uh, why don't we go ahead and get to the phones because uh, Daniel has been hanging on for a for a few minutes. Hey Daniel. Hey gentlemen, hope we're doing well today. Um, I know it might be a little early to be talking about the LSU game, but it is game week indeed. Unlike last week, but. Um, Really, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it comes down to one key for the game, and really, what needs to happen is uh, what's called Chiefs treatment. It's the way that teams beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and it's really if you can keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines, the longer he's there, the higher chance your team has to win. Absolutely. And so, really, if you give the ball to Batie. 
and Auburn gets their run game going, and they have some slow, milky, long drives. I like our chances. I like our chances. Not saying we're going to win, but our chances go oh, way hold high. Hold on, with I'm Jay jumping in. What's a, what's, a mil- what's, a mil- what's a milky drive? <laughs> Just milking that clock. Just milking it. I don't know if I've, I've heard milking the clock yeah, before. Yeah, I've never heard of a milky drive. Well, now we have, right? Kind of a yeah. milky way. No, I think, I think Auburn uh, worrying about time of possession or focusing on it more than they usually do is maybe a weapon because LSU. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is LSU can score very quickly. Like they you, can. I mean, you can, and you, I know, you've got to get first downs. Yeah. Auburn's, you know, Auburn's yeah, got to do. That's the other the problem other, with that The strategy. other big problem is remember Auburn's last trip on the road to Texas A&M. How many? They had ten penalties offense. Yeah, and this holdings. is going to be much, much right. louder. This is LSU at night, much louder. And and to sustain these long drives we're talking about, you have mm-hmm. to execute. You can't right. have the uh, jumping off sides or, or or you know those little penalties that set you back especially a team like Auburn just that can, just cannot overcome things like that the, in their offense. The question I would have asked and and I may ask it on the teleconference on Wednesday to Hugh Freeze is dur- during the bye week. It's not not ha- has the the strategy changed because I think that question did come up. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but but is but is the philosophy. But have the uh is there anywhere I think especially at receiver is there anyone who has made a stronger case for playing time, you know, moving forward. Well, he kind of answered he, that. He was asked about young Any young guy stepping up, and it was no. Because yeah. I think the, well, he, he said just said uh, they're all going to get a chance. The, yeah. the issue, the issue with that is that I think the only guy who hasn't been running with the ones at some point this year on scholarship Burton. is Caleb Burton. Mm-hmm. I think they've tried just about everyone else yeah. at least. Yeah, at, at I least think somewhat. Right. And so you know, it's not like there are players waiting in the wings at wide receiver. Who haven't gotten a look at these scholarship players? Yeah, unless are, Perry Thompson graduates this week. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I, I don't. He goes I don't, immediately into the starting lineup. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the rules are. Like the guys that are still in the portal now, like you can't bring them in during the bye week and kick the tires. So, like, no, I, I think that's a that that's that's an issue where th- there doesn't appear to be a solution from. Oh yeah, this guy could come in, and I mean, there's there's Javarius unless, but, unless they move somebody. We talked about that, but I haven't heard anything. Of course, Javarius is uh, banged up. Uh, he's got a um, elbow. Elbow this preset. time. I mean, yep. he's 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 had a rough stretch this year, right? Okay. Because yes. and he that, had a sti- he had you know stitches in his mouth, and mm-hmm. then I heard hamstring. And okay, you know, that's Auburn's best, most consistent receiver, most yep. experienced guy, and he's out. That, Every, that's that's tough. Everybody, think of an answer. If Auburn is moving someone to wide receiver who right now isn't a wide receiver. Like who? Who do you think? Who would you expect that person to be? Well, again, I would, is Revol- Rivaldo's cheating, right? By picking right, me. that would be because I, I feel like weather, I because guess. that's what uh, I mean. Like Rival- Rivaldo would be the guy that I think. I mean, if you wanted to move him to wide receiver uh, and play I him, would, although I, you know what, if the production doesn't improve at wide receiver, I could understand why they would Jeremiah say. Jeremiah Cobb was my answer. That's an yeah, interesting one. That's another one, but. I'm just I just want to get the ball in his hands yeah. some. And yeah. I think he he's shown he has good hands. I don't know. It's probably irresponsible to say Robbie. Um I will go We don't know how well he catches the ball. JC Hart maybe would be would, there, you know, that's a thought. Yeah, I mean JC J- J- Hart might be on my list of uh I mean Batte if Alston's ready to go. I give you another slot kind of guy. I know, wouldn't wouldn't saw I mean so uh so yeah, JC JC is an interesting thought. Yeah, to, 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 yeah JC Hart out there would be would be, you know, somebody maybe, but again, I I don't know if there's I don't know if there, there's an answer coming. And what's the it, it just just a star cross season for Javarius, right? Yeah, like what's what's really the story been. there, Brian? I mean, there stitches in his mouth, and if I 
I may have just made this up, but I seem to recall concussion protocol along with the stitches in his mouth. But who cares if you got stitches in your mouth? There was a, I thought I know, for sure. I remember talking about a hamstring. There was there was a ha- there was a hamstring earlier. There was that game when uh, it was it was the home game. I want to say maybe Samford when the punt re- when Keontae got hurt and Auburn went to him to catch punts. Yeah. Uh, right. For one punt, there was yeah, which I I think he, he which hit him while he was signaling fair catch, if I recall correctly. And then we haven't seen much of him. Other no, than we that. haven't seen since. I mean, so so maybe something happened off the field in practice. Maybe he got hurt. I don't know. But that's a uh, that's a guy people have been asking about as as focus continues to be on the receivers needing to produce. I, I just don't know that there's an easy solution at receiver. No, I just don't, no you're I just right. Don't not, think there is. not for this, now. This season. No. no, not this season. No. All right, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Jeremy is up next. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey guys. Um, look, some of this baseball playoff stuff. I want to put the Braves on like, yeah, the five days off and all that's really. We were limping into the playoffs anyway. It's not like we came into the. I mean, we had just gone to Philly and they had beaten our brains in in Philly just a week or two ago. Um, I I I understand it. I am one that loves reduced playoffs. I think if you want the best teams in the playoffs. You need fewer wild card spots. That's why I'm not a 12 team college football playoff guy. But but, but the TV networks, when, I'll counter that with the TV networks love playoff games, and they'll pay oh, they and, they'll, and they'll pay yeah. and, and they'll and pay look, for them. Yeah, the ratings the ratings tell you that the general public doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jeremy, I would love I would love a format where, especially now with 15 teams in each league, I'd love to just toss divisions aside and have. One through fifteen, and then if you want to break to the playoffs, just take the top two and have a best of seven from you know with with one versus two, and then you go to the World Series with the winner of that. I mean, that's a four team, it's a four team playoff after a hundred sixty two game regular season. I do think the longer the but but the problem is heck. Te- I mean, year, years and years ago, I mean, it'd yeah. just be the American League champion, the National League champion. That's they didn't right. Have I mean, any playoffs? Yeah, I, right. but I, yeah, but I'd love a, I'd love a seven game to decide the National League champ. You know, featuring maybe the top two teams because I, I do think the more teams you you allow into the playoffs, then I mean, it does it does sort of neutralize what's right. the point of winning twenty or twenty five more games than well uh, than another. But team. look, unfortunately, the, the NFL has added playoff like. None of these teams care who the best regular season team was. None no. of these leagues care. And, the and, leagues don't care. No. And you know what? And fans forget a lot of times in other sports, it seems like well, it doesn't matter what the regular, regular season yeah. doesn't matter. It's just get to the playoffs. Unless, well, unless, let's face it, unless you're a Braves fan or a Dodgers fan or an Orioles fan right now, you don't care either. Like, if you're That's a true. fan from anywhere else, like you just assume see the Braves you know what, and the Dodgers. You know what bothers like, me about you're, you're, what bothers me about that, Jeremy, is that if if we're going to put that much focus on the postseason at the expense of the regular season, then we shouldn't get mad when players rest for the postseason and worry about uh, you know be, being at their absolute best for the postseason. It seems like sports are now worried about ooh uh, uh, you know uh, load management and and rest and stuff. Player, you know, fans are getting cheated when guys sit. It's like we we can't put this much emphasis on the postseason and then and then expect. Uh, coaches and players to pretend that that the regular season is uh, is, is as vital as as it used to be. You're asking fans to be reasonable now. Sorry, I for- yeah, yeah, sorry, I forgot, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I know, I know. They come like, there's there is an important ingredient in your in your formula right there. How are you, you feeling? Need reasonable fans. We got to take a break, but how are you feeling about Brace Phillies tonight? 
Uh, better. I mean, it's, you know, the Braves, the Braves blaster is going to hit. Um, I just, they just got to get started earlier. Uh, the longer the game stays close, the better it is for the Phillies. No question. Yep. All right, Jeremy. All right, guys. Thanks, man. All right, we need to get to our first break. Again, we're on just an hour today, and we'll be uh, going to Braves Phillies following uh, our hour here this afternoon. So, love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 or... You can also text the show, 334-564-1840 on the Drive Text Box. Presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. And you know what? I'm going to say it. Since since we're only on for an hour, the final hour of the drive is brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. Love the Orthopedic East Clinic. Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations at Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. You want to shout out uh, uh, our man uh, Omar Omar Mabson, too, after the big yeah. game? Yeah, man, what a game. What a game on Friday night. Auburn beating Opelika 31-30. Yeah, just a, a fabulous win. And congratulations to uh, yeah Omar, over 200 yards total offense. Ran for around 150, uh, so he is he is the uh, player of the week. Absolutely, Present, week. presented by the Orthopedic Clinic. That is correct. We'll get to our first break. Love for you to join us here on the Monday Drive. In 1958, the world. ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. Drew at the controls. Again, a reminder, we're just on for one hour today because we'll be uh, uh, stepping aside for the ESPN coverage, ESPN radio coverage of the Braves and the Phillies. Let's get to the phone, and Terry is up next. Hey, Terry. Hey, good afternoon, guys. I heard a caller on the show with Jacob earlier put it perfectly. Uh, LSU's defense needs Auburn's offense. Auburn's offense needs LSU's defense. Yeah, I wish Auburn's offense was just talented as yeah. LSU's yeah. defenses. LSU's got got at three or four just uber talented players on their defense. Oh, um, that Perkins, you could play anywhere. Do what? The Perkins kid could play anywhere. Oh, thing? Mason Smith could play yeah. anywhere. Uh, and and then what's the other guy's name? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Makai uh, Wingo. Man, I mean, they they've got they've got some some just ridiculously talented players, and, and they're playing like, but they're playing like they have no idea where they need to be defensively. Although some of that some of that is credit to the offenses that LSU has played these last couple of weeks in Missouri and Ole Miss. It I is. I mean, LSU went to it Miss- is, but they can't tackle. LSU went to Starkville and held uh, Mississippi State to nearly 200 yards That's total. That's when offense. Mississippi State was trying to play three yards and a. That a piece of turf. That, that was that was earlier <laughs> in the season against a Mississippi State team that is that is refocused a little bit. But but no, I mean I think yes, LSU has given up thirty points four times this year now. Florida State, mm-hmm. Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Those are also four teams with some weapons offensively. Yeah, Arkansas scored twenty against Ole Miss. Uh, that's that's the one that makes you think maybe Auburn can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Auburn, I thought even even though you know some of the numbers, I thought Auburn's offense. Especially with the eye test, right? The, the the passing game seemed to take some strides forward for in, in against Georgia that against Cal and A and M simply weren't there. And Dan even kind of answered my question. I was curious what they were averaging giving up offensively, or excuse me, defensively, and averaging giving out offensively. Yeah, they're they're dead last in the SEC in pass defense. 
Um, I, let's see. I don't know if we've gotten the SEC stats yet. State, State is the only – so they've played five power five opponents this year, and State's the only one that didn't break 30. So, I mean, so they've, they've, they've had struggles keeping teams off the board. At the same time, they've been able to score uh, quite a bit themselves. They even in, – in the loss to Ole Miss, they still put up 49 and, and led that game late. So, I think it's uh, – Yeah, but then they gave 55, and, and it's over 700 yards offense. That's they, right. They, they did, and that's a uh, – uh, but that it also, as we point out, you know, that, that game was in Oxford. I just think this is a uh, – it, it's going to be and, – and I know it gets repetitive, but Auburn's been the underdog in a couple of SEC games now where it's just – it's really important to try to keep the game close early and not be – you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're multiple scores back against LSU – uh, I, I just don't I don't know if you're going to rally right like because you still no no you can't afford to get down a couple of scores. So to Brian, if, if Auburn goes under scores thirteen points, ten to thirteen points, and has less than three hundred yards off, is it time to make some changes? Maybe holding Garner because after what Jalen Milrose did to Texas A and M this weekend, makes me think Pey- uh, Peyton Thorne could complete a pass on me. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's an obvious answer there. Um, I don't know how good Holden is or will become. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't think all the problems on our offense are because of Peyton Thorne. I think the receiver position is really hurting Auburn right that. now. And I, I do think that the best option, in my opinion, is Robbie Ashford in the running game. But I just don't think that's something that this um, coach staff is willing to do. I, I, I think they feel like they have to have a more developed passing game. Uh, to be successful and also to recruit these high-caliber receivers they've already got committed and are trying to recruit. Right. And real quickly on baseball, Bill, the last team the Braves wanted to see were the Phillies in the playoffs, I promise you. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, Terry. 334-321-1390. The, the point Bill, uh, Brian just made about about the, you know, the recruiting being important in the kind of offense Auburn runs this year, I think it's underappreciated. Just in the – I was asked on the Max Roundtable earlier today about, you know, what when people people of the opinion that the offense would be better off right now with Robbie Ashford than Peyton Thorne, you know, sort of what what's the what's the counter there? And my guess would be, I like Brian's thoughts on this. Like, I don't think Auburn can telegraph run on first down against against teams, even with Robbie in the I don't game. Know if they can telegraph run on every down. Right, yeah, and, and if you, I, I think if you bring Robbie in, you're still going to need defenses to respect the possibility that that the ball could be thrown, and if you know that that's that's where that, that that's where you know Auburn Auburn thinks that Peyton Thorne gives them a better chance, and you know if Peyton Thorne's accuracy isn't there, you know it, it becomes more compelling to want to see what the offense would look like with Robbie, but you know, I think this offense needs to be able to back defenses off. You know, I don't think this offense can throw can show run. Ever, right? Like I, I would be. I would think we need. You know, this thing needs to be three or four wide because when they've tried to run power offense stuff, it's been a struggle, right? When Auburn's tried to go to, uh, to, to uh, the but they, most of their runs, if they're, uh, I, I would say at least fifty percent, maybe more, are are out of the RPO type read option stuff. And I don't necessarily think. Peyton Thorne is great at that, although he's had some really good runs out of it. We've seen that. I, I wonder, I wonder, Brian, how good Robbie really is at reading and the RPO. Because that's that's what I was told is right. Robbie's really good when he knows he's handing off or he right. knows he's keeping. Yeah, I think there's there's probably something to that too. But um, 
I, I just think the strength of this offense is the run blocking up front, the talent in the running back room, and Robbie Ashford as a skill set is probably, you know, opens up more things in that running game. Whether oh, I agree. I just – why has Auburn been so bad on third and short running the ball? Uh, they really, really struggled on third and short. To me, they've tried to load up in big packages, and they've been doing that against teams that have more talented players. And when you do that, you're going to lose enough one-on-one battles where you're just going to come up short. And I think in those situations, they need to start doing more scheming. Like I've earlier in the season, and I know we got to take a break. Earlier in the season, I was I was of the opinion, yeah, maybe maybe this thing would be better off with Robbie Ashford as the quarterback and Auburn running the ball 75, 80 percent of the time. Um, I just I think defenses will key in on that, and it, it'll be it'll be really tough with defenses overplaying the run. Uh, and and if maybe maybe they're willing to let Robbie throw the ball to back defenses off, you know, if if they decide to go that route. Uh, but you know, I, I just feel like you know they they need they need Peyton Thorne to back defenses off right now, and 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 you know connect on some on some early passes. Bill did the math on what was it against A and M? Despite that performance, it was like you know when they threw the ball on first down. Yeah, they were, I mean, they, Auburn's Auburn's been pretty efficient throwing the ball on first down. You just got to, you got to. I mean, that, that would make sense though, because when you get in obvious pass situations, it's it's not going to work as well. We've got to get to our bottom of the hour break. Ed, hang on, you're up first. When we come back, here on the Monday Drive. Live at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday. Once again, a <coughs> excuse me, a shortened edition of the drive as we'll turn things over to ESPN Radio for the Braves and Phillies at 5 o'clock, so let's get right to the phones. And Ed is up next. Hey, Ed. Hey, uh, looking forward to those Braves. They're doing great this year, aren't they? They, they are, but this is a must-win game for, for Atlanta yeah. in the uh, in, in Game 2 of the of the NLDS. It, yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I used to keep up with them a lot more than I have lately. But, but uh, I, I was going to call y'all uh, – uh, the promo that you have uh, that kind of spins off it, you know, uh, talking about I think it's Bill's voice, and uh, and I totally agree, you know, saying that Auburn would need to be uh, in the game this year, and and after that game uh, against Georgia, I don't see how any Auburn fan could be really disappointed because they absolutely had a chance to win that. No, you're, you're absolutely right there, Ed. I would, and I would think it's the frustration, and I agree with you. Like, I, you know, I came away from the Georgia game, especially if Georgia accomplishes what a lot of people think they're going to accomplish this season. Yeah. You know, take, taking that team to the wire, leading them late into the third quarter is a step in the right direction for a program that, that has Auburn's recent track record. I, you know, there, there are fans who want a win. Well, over, sure, everybody does, and and oh, none of God, us or none of us are ever going to tell anybody be happy with a loss. No, and Hugh Freeze no, will tell you that too. That. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean like that. Oh, of course I, I, not. I was, I was, and hey, it's just not me or y'all. And uh, and I I'm going to apologize for mentioning the young man's name when I called him. I don't I don't really think on a recruiting weekend 
didn't mean to do that, really. Uh, but, but, no, no problem. Yep. Yeah, I think you're was, I think, unless you're unless you're one of the coaches. I think you are allowed to say a recruit. I mean, hopefully you didn't say anything unkind about the young man. Ed. I don't I don't know exactly what you're what you're referring to here, but no, I think uh, uh, no, I, like I. That's all I, good. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're in the clear. I mentioned uh, fifty three percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I shouldn't have done that, really. But because he, if you freeze loves him, he's good with me. But but uh, I, I just wanted, and I, I receivers, you know, I love that Marcus Davis is a, is a great recruiter, and I, I don't, I really don't know. Maybe we need to do like Alabama and hire, you know. A bunch of quote unquote, you know, uh, advisors, uh, you know, to kind of help coach different positions. I was I was asked, and, and we we appreciate the phone call, Ed. Great stuff as, as always. Love hearing from you. I, I was asked speaking to the receivers on uh, on the Max Roundtable, sort of projecting not not all the way to next year, but you know, you, you we're halfway through the season, and it feels like, and then I guess we'll kick over to Brian for the recruiting uh, view on this. Feels like this could be, a, you know, a, after this season, Auburn's going to, they're, they're going to look at receiver. As, I mean, unless unless you have a couple of breakthroughs between now and the end of the year, Auburn's going to look at a, at the receiver position as a place where they need, you know, they they have they have playing time to offer, and they need multiple players to step in and contribute because I don't know how many guys are making the case this year that they can be counted on going into the off season as solid contributors on next year's offense at wide receiver. I, I would not be surprised if obviously Bryce Kane and Perry Thompson come in and play and potentially start right away. And the, Would you be stunned to see Malcolm Simmons get get a look at receiver, yeah, too? I no, mean, I, really? No, I think he, he could, too, absolutely. And um, and they're not done. the other uh, DB wide receiver they signed, the athlete from um, – or not signed, but it's committed. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's, he's another guy they – uh, took um, as a DB, but could certainly play um, wide receiver. Uh, yeah, Jalua Solomon is, is who I was thinking We've of. We've talked so. about Nikar, who, yeah. who committed to Miami uh, mm -hmm. o over the weekend, although I don't know if Auburn is necessarily out of the running. Keep in mind, you know, commitments are, you know, they're just, yeah. they're just commitments until un – Until uh, December. Yeah, until yeah. December. So, uh, but no, and, and I would also expect Auburn to, you know, certainly evaluate any – Potential contributor at wide receiver in the portal. Oh, that, like that's, I, I think they've got to find one more receiver in high school, and they've got to go get out and get the best portal receiver they can ha yep. find wherever, however. That, that's got to be a premium, along with pass rushers on the other side. They've got to get more pass yeah, rushers to, on the to team. To this point, it didn't work out with uh, – I mean, Shane Hooks has played quite a bit. Uh, Jair Shorter uh, no. has – Not played as much lately, for sure. Still, although still I don't think he got into the Georgia game. Uh, I that, don't, that's on Jair Shorter. Yeah, I mean between <laughs> between Hooks and Shorter and uh, Mardner, who's played a little bit more lately, uh, like I don't I don't know if Auburn had the wrong plan with going out and finding veterans. It just seems like these, uh, you know, were they weren't the only guys Auburn pursued, and they weren't they I mean, weren't look, the, they weren't the only guy, and Auburn wasn't the only school that pursued these guys. No, um, it you know just it, I think Auburn could try again if they don't get uh, contributions from uh, fr from different guys at, at wide receiver especially. Yeah, they got to do a better job there. They, they they definitely upgraded the line of scrimmage and helped themselves a lot there. And in some other areas, they just they just missed on some receivers, and it's, it's definitely hurt them. 334-321-1390.
Uh, we, I'll tell you what, we'll go ahead and get to our final break. Again, uh, we're, we're getting out early today because the Braves and Phillies will be coming on on ESPN 106.7 at the top of the hour. So we'll get to our final break. We'll, uh, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll take a quick look back at the weekend as well and get uh, Brian to preview what all's going on this week when we come back for the final segment here on the Monday Drive. This is Zach Alls, Cameron, and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that is right. It's hard, hard to believe. I mean, man, it's flown. Oh, it's because we're just doing an hour today. Uh, Brian Matthews, before we get back to the phones, Brian, let everybody know what all's going on. Did I already see a rundown? Did you already do one? Yeah, we went ahead and did it today. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm just Really, I was just on the site. Yeah. It's like, wait, is that last week's that somebody refreshed? No. So, yeah, we went ahead and did it today um, because uh, – Everybody get, around? Yeah, everybody's there. We get players tomorrow, and we'll get a practice viewing period. Uh, so we'll have video of that and updates on, on some of the injured players. Uh, I know that basketball is having um, their pro day. I think it's Thursday. So we'll be out there to watch that. And uh, Yeah, a lot of basketball opportunities this week. And uh, I think baseball scrimmaging Thursday. And they play at Alabama mm-hmm. Friday, I believe, in an exhibition game. And I'll be headed to LSU uh, Saturday, of course, for the very big game. So. Uh, a lot, a lot going on. I mean, a, a fun, busy time of the year. And you can check it all there at, at AuburnSports.com and follow Brian. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU and, of course, at AuburnSports.com. And um, I was not at LSU, was it two years ago when they won? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was not there. The last time I've gone to LSU and they've won was when I wasn't a, a journalist. It was in 1998. So it's been a minute. So if Auburn doesn't win this time, you can't it's go my back. Fault. That's right. It's my fault. All right. Uh, let, let's get back to the phones. 334-321-1390. And Jones is up next. How's it going? Hello, folks. Hello, folks. I'm doing great. Love the show. I'll be brief. Brian, it's real simple. To use the vernacular of young people, Auburn does not have any dog at wide receiver. If you watch the uh, football game Saturday, which you could watch without Auburn playing, there was a lot on. There's receivers all over this country that sprint at it on every play, and they go for the ball, and they play with tenacity. Auburn does not have that, and that's shameful. You've got the same size, similar speed, coaching for 18, 19 years as all these other guys, but what you don't have is heart on this Auburn receiving squad, and that is embarrassing. And I'm going to say that and let you guys expound on it. Thank you. Appreciate the call, Jones. I mean, that's I did see some great – there were some great – plays by receivers all across this league and in the country this yeah, weekend. I haven't seen it at Auburn. I, I don't, it's hard to understand, and um, it's just something that they need to change and quickly. They've got to start making plays. It's just it's such an insult to call into question right. effort for a player or a coach, and so I'm, going to, I'm inclined to think it's more ability than effort related. Um, if, it's, if it's effort, no, I'm not going to disagree with that. Based, based on what Hugh Freeze has said over the last couple of months, if it's effort and they spot that it's an effort problem, I don't think we'll see too much more of the player, you know, in, in question. Or, or if we do, you know, it, it'll I would be... have, lo- man, I would have loved to have just had a little inkling of 
what was going on in some of the assessing of the first five games. I mean, yeah. he, he gave us a little insight today when he was talking about tendencies and things like that. It sounded like he wasn't too thrilled with some of the tendencies that he, that he saw from, from the play calls yeah. and, you know, those things. Uh, but, I mean, just to, j- just to have an idea as to, all right, what their thoughts were about, all right, here we've seen these guys for five games. Here's what we're seeing. I, I, I mean, we've just seen guys who are not making plays, you know, not getting open uh, when they have a chance to make a play one-on-one, a 50-50 ball. They're coming up short just about every single time. If I had to nominate a player on offense where it's – I want to see more of them based on the first five games, it would be Batiste. Right? Yes. Like that would be, that yes. Would be I, I meant to ask a second question today. After, after Hugh Freeze, you know, answered my, – my, my question was just right. about health and the injuries – and, you know, because there had been some talk last week, I guess it was on Tiger Talk, where, um, where he said that Damari, was, he, he, he was looking like he was really progressing well and could be back. Today he said he's doubtful. Yeah. So without Damari, um, you know, Auburn's got to get the ball to Brian Battee, and we've got to see Jeremiah Cobb more, I think. I, I agree on Jeremiah Cobb, and I also think it's time for Jarquez Hunter to step up and start playing to the level he should be playing at as a guy who has a ton of experience, who has made big plays in this league before. He needs to step up and be that number one guy for Auburn. Auburn has to control the ball with the running game at Mm -hmm. LSU. Jarquez Hunter is the guy who's the most experienced, the most capable of doing it. It's time for him to step up and do it, and it's time for Mm -hmm. Auburn's, everybody around him to do their job too, not just him, of course. Got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, Let's let's quickly – um, hit a couple of the things from the weekend. I mean, Brian, some... did, you, did you mean '99 Auburn LSU? That's the that's the one. That's the cigar game. '99 right? was the last time Auburn okay. won until there until the last, last time year. they they won there until yeah. 2000. Last time, last win in Baton Rouge. Right. So 21. you've seen you've seen a win in Baton Rouge. Before. I thought that was '98. No, it was '99. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's Tuberville's. Is that year one? For, for, I believe. For yes. I believe. Yes, I believe. yes, it was. Yeah, Tommy's yeah. first year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they got so mad LSU about LSU fans are still – they're cigars. still upset yeah. about it. Cole, it's just like, oh, no. I mean, Cole, Cole Cuba They'd never do anything like that. No, oh, no. <laughs> they just didn't have the, the opportunity. The thing is, I was there, and there was hardly any LSU fans left in that stadium. No, you're right about that because was, it was a blowout. Right. I mean, it was all Auburn fans yeah. left in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Uh, highlights or lowlights of the weekend? I mean, we've, we've already given Drew enough grief here. But, yeah, the, <laughs> the, Miami, the Miami loss was, was, terrible. was, just, that was just, just unbelievable. Terrible. Unbelievable. It's, you know what? I think for we've been talking all year about, oh, you know, it'd, love, it'd be great to see some, some new faces, some new teams. And you might get a team in the college football playoff that you don't usually get. Um, you could, especially if a Pac-12 team makes it. But it sure looks in the SEC like Georgia and Alabama. Oh, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU look LSU. like the top three teams. But yeah, which is what the – But Georgia and Alabama are the only two unbeaten teams in the league yeah. play. And that'll be um, – that, that'll I mean, if, th- if those two teams keep winning – that that'd be a, that'd be a heck of an SEC championship game. Yeah, Alabama Alabama's getting better. LSU's in if they win out. So I, you know they, they've they've still yeah, got that their defense. God, they they they've got to make drastic improvement defensively. And, and that game and that game's in Tuscaloosa. When it they is play, when they play LSU. And that's LSU, Alabama LSU beats Alabama. LSU. They 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 pretty much clinch the West. Yeah, I think they do. As a matter of I fact, I think we're about. I think we're a couple and of that's, weeks. That's a couple of weeks away. So yeah, in November. That's yes. that's early early November uh, game in Tuscaloosa. So you've got some. Uh, some time between now and then. What did you think of the uh, LSU Missouri game? That was a, that was an interesting game, a fun game to watch. You know, you just LSU's offense. I had it. I had it until the pick six. 
I said it's going to be a close game. I, I took I took Missouri in the five and a half, and it's like in in just Doug's game. Now this is just for fun in Doug's picks. Right. You had you had you had Missouri at Missouri. With, you thought LSU wins. I Missouri thought LSU covers. would either win or or the game was going to. I thought the game would be. Definitely closer than LSU winning it by ten the now, way they did. Now the one the one you thought might be close that I oh, had God. a sneaking suspicion could be. Yeah, I was I was a little wrong on the Georgia Kentucky. Good game. lord, that... Carson Beck, folks. Mm-hmm. Carson Beck is among the nation's leaders in passing yeah. yards, total offense. There's I think there's some some Auburn people that couldn't believe that he threw the ball and found Brock Bowers. Well, <laughs> they're 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 piling up the yards. I know their schedule's been crap. And when a defense, Kentucky was supposed to be okay. When a defense overly focuses the secondary on Brock Bowers, you have two other guys that yep. were number one receivers and Lad McConkey, but you have two other guys that were that were top receivers mm-hmm. and you know for different SEC schools and Ra Ra Thomas and uh and and, and uh, uh Lovett, right? Who were just right. uh, like the, I mean they can they can make plays too. So it's just a yeah it's tough tough puzzle to solve unless you've got George Talent and Brian. Uh, who's recruited like them the last last couple of years? Georgia, yeah. Alabama, yep. Is the yeah. only team. Texas A&M has been. But Texas A&M had good, one great right. year, but yeah. then the other times they're a top ten. I think class. the big, you know, we'll see. I guess a great like Oklahoma or a Pac twelve. That was offense. a pretty fun game. That was a good offense. Oklahoma, was. Texas was a yeah. fun game. I mean, I, I would think Georgia's best shot at losing. You know, for the foreseeable future, might be an SEC championship game matchup. Oh, against, yes. against Alabama yeah. or or LSU. Depending on how things Alabama. check out, they could be in a position where they don't have to win that game. That's they true. Still might playoffs. Just because of schedule. That's crazy. Isn't it? Yep. Brian, thanks a lot. Of course. Enjoy. Again, keep up with uh, Brian B. Matt AU, right? That's it. Yep. Uh, we are back tomorrow for the full show. Well, I don't know. You, I'm going to Skype. You're, you're going to be checking in. Yeah, You've I'm, got an event that you have to host. I have, I have a. I have a, a Painting, uh, a painting seminar fundraiser. We did not know that Dan was an artiste. Ooh la la! Artist. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been promised an open bar, so I'm, uh, I'm looking, looking. Oh, that'll to be fun. Dan, Dan calling from the bar. Uh, no, no, he won't. That's pre-show. Uh, all right, we will. We'll be back tomorrow. Our thanks to uh, to Brian once again for joining us. Hey, ESPN coverage. Braves Phillies coming up next here on ESPN 106.7. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.